Hey guys, welcome to the Turn 30 Podcast with Mary J, where we discuss all the things life has thrown at us since turning 30. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Turn 30 Podcast with Mary J. I'm Jay. I'm Mary. Hey y'all, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in as always. <laughs> yes, yes. Good vibes, good feelings extended to everyone. Thank you for the continued support and, um, you know, new energy, feeling revitalized. That part. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah, either revitalized and or continuing, you know, on our path to growth, our path to greatness, our path to just living our best selves, you know, um, and continue to do the work. I know, you know, obviously we connect outside of the pod and we've been putting in work and then just finding the therapeutic values of both just the pod and embracing a whole new community, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. It's just been a lot of, I, for me, it's just been a lot of emotions the last um, year on top of everything else that's happening in the world, but just, you know, just, mm-hmm. just to pocket it into just a little, you know, zoom into the pod community. Like, I don't think y'all understand just like the feedback, the engagement. It's been great. It's just been, like I said, therapeutic for me and just really just reflecting on things. Yeah. And knowing that you're not alone as you're going through certain things as well, just feeling that reassurance of like, wow, there really are other people that feel the same way, going through the same things, have the same questions, you know, dealing with the same shenanigans, like all of that, I think is also just motivational to just keep pushing through to know you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel eventually and we're all just inching towards it you know one day at a time exactly exactly and I think you know someone has mentioned that you know they found us to be very transparent the way that you just said the word motivational so I I just all those adjectives or whatever words is still, you know, a, a, a surprise to me to even be associated with that. But, you know, I love that us just sparking this idea to sit and chat has just dominoed into this idea of transparency and this idea of growth and, you know, being our best selves. Something that we want to discuss today is with all the transparency and realizing some things, sometimes I know, at least for I, speaking for myself, like I'm quick to say, well, I don't trust people or I don't give people the room to disappoint or I just do it myself or et cetera, et cetera. And not mm-hmm. realizing that it's fine to be independent, but sometimes hyper-dependence or not putting trust in people or not having faith in things working out can be a trauma response. I think, you know, I saw a meme that was like, sis, you know, like putting it all on your shoulders or being so independent, just recognize that as a trauma response. And you think of the word trauma and I, I know it's, you know, associated to healing and dealing with the perceived threat, but I think I never really thought about it in terms of healthy and or unhealthy coping mechanisms. So it's like Mm -hmm. one thing, if it's for me, right? Because we're going to say setting boundaries are healthy. It's healthy to have boundaries. It's healthy and it's therapeutic. That's a coping mechanism. But maybe on the unhealthy side, if it's remaining isolated or not even, you know, trying, not even giving someone the chance to show up in your life, that may be the unhealthy Unhealthy. side and you're masking it as Uh quote unquote boundaries. So Uh look at me looking at you. Uh Preach it to the choir. Uh Let's pull these mirrors out. Yeah. Let's take this mask off. (laughs) I guess. Unintended. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess deal with that idea of yeah. trauma responses or coping me- mechanisms, you know, and I had to, you know, run to the Google and them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, where else would you go? Because I thought, you know, because, you know, you see the hyper avoidance, hyper independence, like that kind of like phrasing. And then, you know, yeah. when I actually looked it up. I didn't know trauma response was a thing. You're going to realize it's a lot of things Jay don't know. Jay's here to learn just with y'all. <laughs> Jay just be in the you day know, Jay don't know the king's and- English. <laughs> Listen, and, and I'm sure many people don't. And also, I think hearing things like hyper anything, you think of the extreme. So you may not even identify yourself in that because you'll be like, well, I'm not over the top or yeah, like, you know, I'm not yeah. that bad. But, you know, it shows up in different ways. So right. I think, yeah, I think this is this. We're hitting this right on the head. And I think that's true. It's, um, that's, no, that's very true because you, you tend to think about it as like a to the extreme, like you said, either being obsessive or compulsive, or if I say isolated, then I'm reclusive. Like you think about yeah, it. Yeah, you're thinking, okay, you're a like... sociopath or, you know, <laughs> you're just like clingy 101. Like, you yeah. know, you just think of these like extreme, exaggerated versions of, you know, responses before you dive in, as we always like to say, and really, like you said, peel back the layers on your own behaviors to really say like, well, you know what, actually this derived from X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And this is how I've been carrying myself and reacting ever since. Or, you know, this is, this is, this is shaped how I viewed certain situations and therefore as a way of protecting myself, this is how I've approached things. So yeah, I think we should, where do, where do we start? <laughs> yes. Okay. So for those, if anyone's like me, that not, not realizing that trauma response is an actual phrase. And again, we always put the disclaimer, obviously we're not therapists. We support and highly encourage um, mm-hmm. therapy, but we are not, you know, this is not a professional we're talk professional. at all. Things yeah, like yeah. that. This <laughs> is just literally us. Like I said, peeling back the layers and being yeah. transparent for our own selves and just wanting to keep the conversation going. But if anyone's right. like me, where it's like, okay, not even realizing trauma response is a phrase. So the four main or how they get categorized trauma responses are fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, which, you know, you hear fight or flight all the time. The other two, I think I never really like had heard of in terms of freeze or fawn. So fighting is, you know, just point blank fight 101 is just self-preservation 101 just like mm-hmm. if there's a perceived threat if there's just whatever it, yeah it's just yeah. Defend, defending yourself fleeing or flight is getting away from the danger or away from the perceived threat away from the situation um, as quickly mm-hmm. as possible freezing is pausing instead of running so you know just kind of staying in that moment figuring it out, but maybe in a more calming and just in a pause uh, manner. And for some people freezing, literally, like you said, you might freeze up, you know, but that's yeah. just, um, that's freezing. Mode. Yeah. And then it says the fawn response, which I've never really heard of is defined as keeping someone happy to neutralize the threat. So it's neutralizing. You didn't pause. You didn't just freeze that whole moment. You are, I guess, negotiating or you're, you're, you're neutralizing the moment to get, take down the threat, I guess. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Like I said, cause I, you hear fight or flight, fight or flight all the time, but to kind of hear it this way. And then to also hear it in a way of like mindfulness or techniques to cope with things and, and, and behave and translating it to our day-to-day behaviors, mm-hmm. I think is an interesting thing. So, yeah. I mean, Mary, <laughs> <laughs> like, would you, and I don't know, I don't know if someone needs to fit in a, in just one bucket or not, or if it's like, well, what is your main kind of like, mm-hmm. I would view it like a love, like a love language type yeah, of thing yeah. where I don't, you I don't, have like yeah. a first tier, second tier or something. Um, where do you feel like you fall? Or are you even aware? Like, you know what I mean? I know you've done more work than I have in terms of self-awareness and just yeah. therapy and things. Um, I mean, immediately 
after reading and or just hearing you explain it, I already know I'm freeze. Except I didn't initially think of it in the healthy way that you that you explained it as far as being mindful. That is like what I'm moving towards and what I'm trying to evolve my responses to be where it's, you know, mindfulness, you know, being calm and thinking things through before we like all of that. I think the way that I've perceived it, the way that I've lived it is shutting down of like completely just like cutting off communication, being panicked or my, well, yeah, my therapist said I used to go numb. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that literally meant like, I was, I just felt indifference towards the conflict, towards the person, towards the situation, whatever. And then um, isolate and then hibernate and hibernate meaning literally just going to sleep, like feeling like, you know what, let me just take a nap because this is too much and I just don't have the strength right now. So yeah, so when it was, I guess, first kind of pointed out to me in therapy, this was years ago, it wasn't called this, but like I said, hearing the explanation and such, I acknowledge and realize that that's what it is. This was peak self-destruction. Now, I think over the years, as it's been brought to my attention and as I've, you know, grown as a person and, you know, being in my relationship and whatnot, I've definitely been trying to make it a healthy, like turn it into a healthier response. Um, I started doing like yoga, meditations, even things like quiet time. I read a lot of books about just how to process information so I think, I think I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to transform that response. Again, as we always say, I'm a work in progress and definitely not, you know, 100% completed in that process. But yeah, I, and I, and going back to what you were saying about being in multiple buckets, I, for me, I think 100% of my responses fall into that category. Uh, but how do, you know, for you, I know you tend to fall in different kind of. Yeah, I mean, this it, this so. this is like all new to me. So, you know, with listening to it, I think sometimes not not to I don't want to simplify it or, or, you know, make it. But it's like sometimes when you read like a horoscope and all of a sudden you just think that this fits you. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, uh-huh. if you want to <laughs> put it on as a one size fits all, you can. And if you don't, you don't, you know, you'd be like, that's not me. So with reading them, I'm just kind of like, oh, I could see times where I do X. I could see times where I do um, Y. I could see times where I do Z. But yeah, just like you said, how do you, what's like your, your, your first in that tier? Like how, how do you normally fall? For me, I, I would say fight just in like, you know, with reading into it more, I think I'm very defensive. I'm quick to my wanting to remain in control all the time also puts me on edge at all times. So Mm. one, if one little thing just kind of falls by the wayside or falls, not how I had planned it, I get panicky, but also like I start attacking. Like, I'm just like, Oh, like already scuffing or just assuming that, you know, because you deviated from what our plan was, whatever way you're doing it is incorrect. So I start antagonizing it. I start attacking it. I start um, just fighting the idea of something other than what I had already put together in my mind. So I, I'm, I'm a big, like I attack self, like I'll attack my own self. And I, I'm actually happy that you said it, you know, when, when you were starting, you're like, oh, I didn't think about it the way that you, you, you brought it up when you think, because obviously, you know, trauma usually associates a threat and negativity, but because I 
I do have a longstanding history of negative self-talk, I'm being very, very conscious and mindful of like, okay, there's two sides to a coin. Like you just have to move in that facet of like there's healthy and there's unhealthy. Like, yes, as just as easy as you can find a con or a negative, also try to be mindful to find a pro. So I'm happy that like the more that I look into this, they, there are ways of like, okay, this may be how you function, but like how I I preface it of like, well, it may just be a coping mechanism and it may be, it very well be healthy. You just have to make sure that you're not on the extreme end or that you're not, you know, presenting. So going back to it. Yeah. I mean, I just want to make sure like now that I feel like I identify as like fight or a fighter, I just want to make sure like, okay, if it's on the healthy end of like self-preservation and standing up for myself and if I'm being defensive and it's more so standing up for myself, fine. Mm-hmm. And if it's helping me to be assertive and, and have courage and find boundaries, fine. You know, I'm not usually like big in trying to step into like leadership roles or anything like that. So if it's, if it's on that aspect of like, I'm fighting for my truth or I'm fighting for my place to be here, I'm fighting to be a leader, fine. <laughs> but I know that, you know, on the unhealthy end, it's the being controlling. I don't really think of myself as a bully, but I do think I can be pushy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can be pushy, like in terms of wanting to push the agenda. But again, that's my way of wanting to like, at the end of the day, my big thing that dangles is that need to be in control. And, and I spiral when things fall out of control. So if I'm pushy, mm-hmm. it's because I want it to go this way. If, you know, I have this set up in my head, I may have a plan A, plan B, plan C, but it's still my plan. You know, so if someone tries to interject and be like, how about I start to feel myself unraveling and just feeling like, Mr. Crab, you know me. It's like, what's going on? What's going on? It's y'all yeah. move, y'all move, y'all shaking things around. I'll shake up the table. I, I put this, you know, this is how I set up the table. I'll go shaking yeah. it up. So, and it, I don't want to come off, like I said, it's bullying or demanding, which if, if somebody just brings up one little thing, like how about this? And I jump down their throat, girl, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, just working on that. And I'm a little nervous now, the more that I read about Fawn, because I never really thought about myself as a people pleaser, because I just... Something I'm antisocial. I I am an extroverted introvert, meaning I'm to myself. I can, you know, work a room, I can schmooze, but if I don't have to be in the room, if I can stay, if I can get out of being out of the room, I I, I want to stay as like isolated or introverted as I can. But when I am in the room, sometimes I'll water my own self down to let somebody else get ahead. Or I'll just be like, okay, what do you need? And I'll like, you know, do tasks. Even with my family, I'll do all these things to like please people get them happy or get it neutralized so that they don't like so that I guess so that they're not stressed so that their stress doesn't fall onto me so I'm so quick to be like all right ma what do you need all right friend what do you need how can I help with that knowing that I had a whole to-do list when I woke up this morning and I just put my to-do list you know I just let it fall by the wayside so when I kind of read into that in terms of like people pleasing and like you know yeah I don't want to cut you I don't want to cut you off but you just said something that immediately got my wheels turning so you said you try to do things for people so that it doesn't fall onto you. So is that just another way of controlling the situation? Controlling the situation <laughs> and self-preservation. Yeah. Like basically, so like yeah. I know, like, but also go speaking to what you said earlier of you like not wanting to like put your faith into other people and not trusting other people to get things done. You basically feel like, all right, this is going to end up falling on me now, or it's going to fall on me later. So I'd rather just mm. get ahead of things. Let me control how it falls on me rather exactly. than you bothering me on Thursday. I knew I had time Monday afternoon. If you come at me Thursday when it needs to be handled, handle, and now I got to stop what I'm doing. Now I feel out of control. Now I feel like I'm spiraling. How can I get my work done? How can I meet this deadline? So exactly. So it could be, it could be a way of how you cope. <laughs> It could be a way of how you cope. I, I don't know if 
if it it's so black and white as to healthy unhealthy i i wouldn't be able to, to if put it, that but i don't think it's yeah if it's allowing me to remain at peace like i just said like it's like yeah. if, you're, if you're being proactive instead of reactive and it's allowing right. me to say you know what this needs to get done anyway i have some time let me just pitch in because we we have to get it done anyway but what sometimes for me can be is like okay i'll put somebody else's stuff on my plate while you also tackling yourself. my plate but i won't take stuff off my plate on and put it on someone else's and maybe they do have that time maybe they're willing but mm -hmm. my wanting to be in control my wanting to follow through you know you ever get that person like listen you asked me to do this i got this yeah like don't ask me to do this and micromanage and that's it's it's hypocrite of me because i'll be the same way i'm like don't ask me to do something i'm gonna do it when i can do it i'm gonna get it done to the fullest extent and i'm gonna excel but don't micromanage me while i'm doing it like I, if you're gonna give it to me just give it to me and it'll be like <laughs> so i i okay. i listen <laughs> with that person in the group project I'm I'm just like, listen, just submit your parts to me i'm gonna put it together Legit. i'm gonna okay legit and yeah, then it's like the follow-up email <laughs> hey do you need help with anything hey can you just send us the rough mm -hmm. draft for now can you send us the powerpoint so that we can look at it so that we can kind of just see how it's going and make sure everything's uh -huh. on track and then it's like don't block me like i i said i'll do it just send me your part <laughs> i mean i've had it done yet or anything like that but then i start to yeah, feel like oh my, god, oh my god yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. not it's not to the way that i want it presented it's not i'm not a perfectionist but it's just not what i want or it's not Maybe I haven't met whatever deadline, but again, I'm so used to just rolling solo dolo and that goes back to the independence and fighting things and fighting mm -hmm. anybody being involved and wanting to be part of a team that it's like, I'm gonna get it done. You you tell you said 1159. You didn't, so why are you bothering me Tuesday at 1202? Like I had <laughs> I got Sunday to 1159 for this project. <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay, 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 okay. So there's a little procrastination sprinkled in there, but that's a, that's oh, yeah, a conversation oh, yeah, yeah. for a different time. <laughs> and I'm 100% a part of that conversation because I'm the pits. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're talking about here. So I feel like that's interesting, like how you just like walked yourself through that. And then it actually just came full circle back to fight fight but just another version <laughs> but just another version of it like again your mind automatically goes to like attack dog or being like you know super defensive but there's other ways that it presents and manifests itself as well so that was actually a good like real-time self-reflection moment i think something else you said of just being like an extroverted introvert i am 100 an introvert i always jokingly say like i hate people like i'm somewhat joking but um i hate people. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i hate people at like the root core of people not specific to individuals but just like the overall <laughs> like human nature of people i just hate but um i hate being around people a lot and so for me it's easy to fall into like the freeze mode because that's my like comfort zone like isolating keeping to myself not like talking things out not wanting to share like all of that um is like that's me like you know so it even that was like hard to identify and the reason i'm um, going back to like how my therapist was the one to point it out it was because at that time I was starting to 
battle like depression and anxiety and that was how it manifested like that was kind of how it came to a head and walking through like okay like she was just like okay so how do you feel when like there's chaos around you or there's a lot of conflict like what is your reaction to that and I think the exact word I said was numb Mm. um you know and so she walked me through like okay and like how long have you felt like that? And like, you know, how do you normally process it? And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> like, I just, I recluse for a while. And then whenever I decide to like resurface, I just move on. I don't usually like address things. I don't people, you know, I don't try to appease others or try to, you know, just resolve the, the conflict. I just like to move on. So whether that's like a work situation where it's like, okay, there's some but- sort of, do you feel, and if you do, that's fine. But do, like when, when you reflect on it, like, did you actually let it go or move on? Or did you just put it in a box and put it in storage? Like, it was like, all right, let's move oh, on. Let's just pack this up, throw it in that box. It's in my definitely attic. Definitely a but... box in storage. And then voila, depression and anxiety. Mm. That's that's exactly how it like was created. It was like the boxes started to overflow and spill out of the closet. And then it was like, all right, I don't want to like, deal with stuff anymore so I mean thankfully I was going to therapy and at the right time and like whatever but I definitely understand like you know how it got to that point and how it accumulated because you don't actually move on it's just literally like we're saying it's your it's your trauma response you your body basically saying like I don't know what to do and then just does nothing Although like your mind and maybe your heart or, you know, whatever is still sorting through it. Um, so you dissociate. You just, exactly. Mm. Exactly. I'm but, going to share. Oh, sorry. No, keep going. Keep going. No, 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 no. I was going to ask you a question, but you're going to share. So <laughs> go ahead. Moving right no, on. I just, you know, like, because you never know, like certain buzzwords or this may be new for someone else or the way that we just work through it, you know, for me, you just never know. So yeah. one of the things I know I, when I was looking into this, I had pulled up was a blog from Dr. Carolyn Leaf. She's a, um, she's her background's like neuropsychology and it was discussing trauma responses. And just to kind of, I'm just going to kind of recap the four of them in the way that she presents it and maybe Maybe it'll be, you know, maybe a light will go on for someone to be like, hmm, never really thought about it that way. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. For flight, it says unhealthy flight responses can include obsessive or compulsive tendencies, needing to stay busy at all times, feeling panicky or constant feelings of fear and some behind it, maybe perfectionism or workaholic tendencies. You're just overall the inability mm. to sit still constantly Mm -hmm. on the go, you know, AKA flight, but healthy flight responses can include removing yourself from harmful conversations, leaving unhealthy relationships and, or removing yourself from actual physical danger or perceived danger. So, you know, just like I said, just using your own or, or judgment skills to say, you know what, this may not be right for me. Let me just check this now because I know where it can lead me. You just remove right. yourself from that situation. Unhealthy freeze responses include dissociation, which we mentioned, isolation, frequent zoning out, being feeling like a brain fog or difficulty making decisions, difficulty taking actions, and even fear of trying new actions, new things, even fear of like achievement, just, just, mm-hmm. just putting yourself out there. Healthy. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, like fear of starting a podcast yeah but go ahead healthy freeze responses include being mindful or mindfulness awareness and remaining fully present in the moment 
-hmm. fawn. Unhealthy fawn responses can include being codependent, staying in violent situations, loss of self or people pleasing, and you have few or no boundaries. Healthy fawn responses include having compassion for others, willing to compromise, active listening, and having a sense of fairness and balance. And then with fight, unhealthy fight, controlling behaviors, narcissistic tendencies, bullying, conduct disorder, demanding perfection from others and or feelings of entitlement. Healthy fight responses, establishing you have firm boundaries, you're assertive, courageous, and you are trying to become a strong leader and you also protect yourselves and your loved ones. Now I'm kind of like, not sure if I'm flight or fight reading that. Um, it could depend on the situation. Yeah, it definitely depends on the situation. I think my, the controlling bucket definitely, you know, and like we said, I, I think, and this is me even trying to control the narrative of, I thought it was one thing and I'm like, well, you know, so I, I do think it's fight, but it's interesting, like I said, in terms of doing the work and just putting yourself out there and being transparent. I know like, you know, obviously therapy has helped you get there and you've done therapy for many years or at different pockets and at different stages of your life. Mm -hmm. Have you, do you feel like you've been able to at least reach the core or understanding where your trauma response even like came from? Yes and no. More yes than no. I think a huge component of it is growing up in a household where you feel like your voice is unheard. So being a middle child, a lot of times you kind of just blow in the wind. Like the older child is, that's the like experiment like that's you know like that's the child that like the parents like all right this is uncharted territory so they pay a lot of attention to those stages that that child goes through and then obviously you have the baby that you know gets spoiled and it's like oh this is our last chance to get it right and you know a lot of attention and focus goes on to that child and then even outside of that if those two children have um whether it's personality types or circumstances, but they just require way more attention of the parents. A lot of times, uh, you know, that middle child just kind of just goes unnoticed. And so I felt that situation um, with myself. And I mean, I didn't really, at the time, I didn't even I didn't really feel like I needed attention at that. Like I totally understood why, like, they got what they got and I did it because I just kind of just listened to what I was supposed to do, got the good grades, you know, followed along, played by the rules for the most part. Um, and so I didn't even deem that to be like a negative thing. Like I was just like, well, you know, it made sense. But then I guess the trauma response was created um, kind of as a result of me feeling like uh, like I couldn't, like, I didn't know what to do basically. Like when I face, um, certain decisions or like I said, conflict, conflict resolution, um, and not knowing, like speak up for myself, don't speak up for myself or, you know, try to make this person happy. Don't make this happy. And you end up doing nothing. Like that's like the baby step as to how it grows and then becomes like super unhealthy and negative. But um, that's like the origin of, I think kind of like where that came from of me just like feeling stuck. And then, you know, as life progresses then. Or I guess it's a 
it's one thing to not want to get in trouble as a child or not want to be you're like oh you see like you know the the older child just out here and they they, they get in it and the younger <laughs> child is you know spoiled or getting away with things or, or or lots of attention or maybe you know because they're being babied and or whatever but it's one thing like you like to just kind of be like I'm gonna just do what I'm supposed to I'm gonna do my homework I'm gonna do this Fly I'm gonna this and that's exactly what I was gonna say is mm-hmm. it's one thing to not get in trouble but then you start flying under the radar to the point that you're used to being under the radar and or sometimes off the grid completely so now this is just you exactly. operate from an off the grid standpoint like you don't even Incognito. juggle mm-hmm. this you're just like I'm not even gonna <laughs> <put it> on <laughs> my plate <laughs> I mean, pretty I'm much. Juggle. Just, I'm just not even going to bother. I'm not going to insert myself. Not even going to bother. That's actually like the perfect phrase. Like a, a lot of, um, a lot of times too, like I didn't have to um, think for myself really, because it was just like, okay, obviously this is the next step. Like, obviously you're going to do that. Obviously you're going to go to college. Obviously you're going to get a job. Like, you know, like a lot of things were just kind of on autopilot. And when I face those like major crossroad moments, I'm just like, uh, somebody gonna tell me what to do? Like, how am I supposed to figure this out? And so, yeah, that that I I'm pretty sure like I can attribute seventy five percent of that of that reaction um, to that. And like I said, like you mentioned in therapy, like we we walk through more specific instances, and like obviously we had to go through more nitty gritty details, but I mean, obviously this is, this is all like, you're still, still processing and working through this, but off top, like, can you think of, um, where like your control issues? Um, I mean, well, I'm the oldest, (laughs) I'm the, I'm the oldest. And then I think coming from, I think coming from a, in a sense, you know, a single parent household, being the oldest, an immigrant household, I think I just constantly was just some somehow it translated to just being in fight mode or needing to be in control at all times you know sometimes it's like you know my mom might have come to me to help put like a dresser together or to hang like or whatever it's like she was coming to me and kind of like growing me up fast Mm -hmm. you know and maturing and people always say yeah a lot of times people always say like oh you're so wise for your age you're so mature for your age I think I didn't really have time to sit and do like childish or because also it was ingrained I think a lot of black households it's ingrained that everything you do has a repercussion you you can't you have to step out in society and be and work twice as hard so to me it was like okay I'm working harder because I'm female working harder because I'm minority working harder because um you know parents immigrant and there's like a language barrier so and then I'm working harder it's like you're the oldest so I'm responsible for myself and getting like you know my sibling you know walking home it's like you're you're just this constant thing of just constantly needing to feel responsible Mm -hmm. that you never take off the responsibility hat like being the responsible hat it's like no somebody else has this it's like well okay well fine you can tackle that but I'm sure there's something else that I, I need to be responsible for. So you're constantly just, I'm in like fight mode or panic mode, or, um, you know, there'll be times where it's like, I anticipate needing to fight for me to like fight for my way of doing things or fight for my control or fight for my involvement that like, I'll sometimes, you know, get ready to start an email or like sometimes I'll even respond to an email chain now at work. And then somebody has like email me off the, off the chain and be like, I think everyone agreed with you. Or I think what you said in the second email is what we're all saying. I think y'all are saying the same thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 
And even when I say, oh, I'm like, oh, thanks for pointing that out. But what they missed is, and that's why we're saying it in two different ways. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I, I have to find something wrong, yeah. I guess, because then it's a reason as to why I needed to be involved. I needed to insert myself. Um, I needed to fight for my position. Uh, the way that I was saying it, it's like, you know, two plus two equals four, but so does one plus three. Like give that, I think that's what I can't relinquish because you constantly hear the phrase. People will say one plus one is two, two plus two. You know, you'll hear that phrase. So if somebody brings in another phrase, it's like, yeah, but we stick in the two plus two is four. Like, that's what we know. Like, that's what we're sticking to. And it's like, what are you fighting yeah. right now? We are both trying to say, let's make it four. We both made it four. Yeah. So I think, oh, I think so just coming from that, you know, a household of, of being thrusted into a responsible bucket early on and not having like, you know, a certain childhood. So I think it just kind of just put me on constant, like I'm ready to attack. And it's like, and when you're coming from that place of being ready to attack, again, you come off bullying or demanding, or you come off controlling, um, or you come off hard to work with, you come off not being a good communicator, you come off divorced. Mm. That's how you, <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> you come off divorced. <laughs> But you know, okay. it, it's, it's, but the That's thing fair. is, like I That's said, fair. transparency and you have That's to fair. learn, you have to learn. Yeah. Like, it's not, you can't, you know what I mean? Some people will be quick to like, you know, want to say, well, because this wasn't done or they didn't want to understand me this way or learn that, you know, I I'm human. I'm going to have faults or blah, 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 blah. Yes. I can, I can do all that. If someone wants me to like throw someone else under the bus or to be like, well, what went wrong? But do it from a lens of that person's wrong. I can definitely do that. But I think there's been a lot of growth. That's why I said I definitely also find the pod therapeutic because you have to kind of stop. Watch what you say to some regard. But also it's like, it's my damn pod. Like, I'm gonna hop on this mic and I'm gonna hop on this mic. Like, you know what I mean? I've never really had that confidence <laughs> yeah. um, before. And I know it sounds like ass backwards because somebody's gonna be like, what you mean you didn't have that confidence? You over here talking about something you've been in control since like birth. Like, right. It, it's fuckery. It's a lot of fuckery. It's a lot of mental fuckery, but <laughs> a lot of catch 22. It's like, yeah, it's like you can't have one without the other, but then you can't have the other without the other. And then it's just, yeah, nah, I totally snowballs from there. <laughs> yeah, nah, I totally get it. And, and that actually makes like a ton of sense. You know, wow. I was going to say like, that makes sense. And it also makes sense for us, for Mary and for Jay, how we <laughs> both <laughs> discuss how both of, both of our, you know, Issues. Just <laughs> call it what it For is. Like, yeah, call yeah, it what yeah. it is. Space it's all right. I'm at Both peace. of our issues, I think, <laughs> independently, like uh, affected us being able to even start the pod. <laughs> season two and it's wild like it is wild af like yeah, looking how back did we get here? like the starter messages and emails even i'm sure where it's like all right i'll tackle this i'll tackle that and i'm sure you sent me a message you're like oh, just to clarify i'm a little confused here i thought i was gonna tackle this you're gonna tackle that and here i am just like gobbling shit <laughs> you're like we could maybe push this or let's hold uh, uh you know <laughs> it's okay <laughs> let's yeah. not bother <laughs> But that, but you know what, and that's what that's also like their perspective that I'm also listening to you discuss now, like because I just had like three aha moments as you're explaining yourself, where I'm like, oh, that makes well, come on, Oprah, give us your aha moments, come on, Oprah. Well, I say like it makes perfect sense, like. I see, you, you know, like I see how you work, obviously, because 
you know, the podcast that we've put together and like, we're trying to just navigate this uncharted territory the best way that we can. And we're trying to, you know, do it as a duo. And obviously you're a one man band man. So, (laughs) so, you know, so I'm sure like on top of the challenges of what the hell do we do with this podcast? I'm sure there's also the challenge of how do I share responsibilities with another person and like relinquish or or trust that it's going to get done get done to my standards I'm gonna you know approve of it or whatever you know types of thoughts racing in your mind and not necessarily that you know there's any doubt in in me or my ability specifically but I'm sure it's a it's a challenge you know that you that you face to to feel like okay I'm going to sit back and like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to draft this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to. Yeah. And we've it. gotten there. I don't, I don't know if you feel like that. Maybe you're just like, girl, no. you need to let go a little bit more. I feel like we've gotten there in terms of this is yeah, like what we it have means our- in life. You're going to gain partnerships, whether it's a partner right. in your household, a partner at work, like this is how to work as a duo and as a partner. Exactly. And I, and I think it's just, it's so funny. Well, not funny, but I think it's, it's great that we're, you know, having this conversation and just like coming to these realizations, like I said, in real time, because even myself talking through this, even though a lot of this stuff I know, like I said, it's still evolving. I'm still working on things. And this is again, a new partnership, a new quote unquote relationship that we're building. And so I think similar to knowing um, your romantic partner's love languages, I think also knowing someone's trauma responses is super helpful in learning a person as well. Because if I know that you're if I know that your, you know, immediate reaction is going to be aggressive or, you know, fight mode, or I know you're automatically going to try to cave into whatever I say, you're just going to be a yes man and say, whatever you want, whatever you want. If I know that's your, your trauma response, I can, you know, figure out a way to not force you to, (laughs) to elaborate, but, you know, I figure out how to work with that person, figure out how to better play into their response so that is it is a healthier response you know if if I know that you need to in order for you to feel secure you need to take on a little bit more maybe I let you you know I I won't fight you on that that's not that's not a battle that needs to face or if I I know that you know you typically or me you know if I say you know I just need a minute you know okay she she's feeling overwhelmed it's a little chaotic she needs 24 hours and you don't take that personal and you know I think knowing that about one another business relationship, friendships, relationships, whatever, knowing these things can help us all like better navigate these relationships, communication, you know, these interpersonal interactions that we have and not maybe take things to heart as much or, you know, have like a negative connotation to it and understand like, you know, this, this derives from something. This is you know, first of all, we're 30 years pretty much of this is who I am and standing in it. So we're all trying to like unlearn these things. We're trying to like grow and, um, you know, make these changes. Obviously they're not going to happen overnight. And many of us just now becoming self-aware of them. So again, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, there's, there's power, there's so much power in transparency and unpacking. And I think sometimes people, Mm -hmm. people, me, 
you think transparency <laughs> makes you weak you think mm-hmm. vulnerability makes you weak where it may just thrust you into a better version of yourself because you're weeding like you're literally weeding out the potential internal chaos you're weeding out the things that may yeah snowball into unhealthy like yes you may feel like a balanced person but if at any given moment if x y and z happen now you're spiraling into the unhealthy aspect of it so i think just having that reflection having that you know coming from that place like i said being transparent about it so that you can come from that place and be like you know what I kind of anticipated this because I know I react this way. I know I respond this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not throwing me for a loop that, oh my gosh, like I'm responding this way. I know this can happen. How do I reel it back in? How do I get back to being balanced? And I think we brought up a lot of great things as well in terms of just like you mentioned that it's not just about self-reflection where it's how does that now translate into how you walk in this world as a coworker, as a partner, um, as a friend? I think even just bringing up, you know, love languages and things like that, where it's like not just knowing your part. That was like two snaps. At, like, I, I don't, I, you said it. I was sitting <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> like, because it's not just knowing somebody's love language. You do need to also understand their trauma response, understand their coping mechanisms and understand where they're coming from when they react a certain way. So that that's how we, you know, exactly how we preface this in the beginning. It's we're, we're hoping to operate in a way of being proactive. Part of being proactive is just anticipating when your partner needs a minute, anticipating why your partner's attacking or on fight mode, understanding why your partner's fleeing the situation or walking away at that time and moment. And then, you know, not manipulating or or taking advantage of someone who is willing to negotiate or compromise or please you. So it's like all Mm -hmm. of those four, you know, depending on where your partner, where your friend, where your whatever, just not, you know, just understanding more and also not taking it, you know, not trying to manipulate or take advantage of someone's um, uh, a sensitive point. So I think, you know, I think we definitely have some talking points to keep the conversation going. Let's, I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, other people's perspective on this. And I'm also interested to just hear more, I think, you know, from this relationship aspect as well, because listen, a sis is out here. A sis is trying to be a better partner out here. So <laughs> I think like you said it to me and I was like, oh my God, another homework assignment. Like I was just talking Yo, about child resources for me. Now you never end, it's never ending work. About, oh my God. It's never ending <laughs> Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm interested, you know, for our listeners, yeah. new and faithful, you know, and you know, just let's hop on over to our Instagram. You love, you know, we love engagement. Send us a voice message, send us an email, whatever. But I'm interested to know like some of your, you know, trauma responses, whether it's something you've known and you're working on or something that's just kind of new to you in, in recent times um yeah. that you are recently recognizing. Um, and you know, how you're doing the work, you know, how you're working on it. What's your version of therapy? What's your version of working on it? Um, And I hope that, you know, for anyone who's like me, that can negative self-speak, you're also finding ways to flip it and, and just give yourself also credit you know, noticing healthy ways that you show up for yourself. It's, you know, we can easily find the negative. Some people can, some people, you know, they refuse to, they just, you know, think they walking out here and the shit don't stink. Um, But, you know, (laughs) if if you're that person that can easily just kind of drown in self-doubt or the negative, you know, just realize that there are literally, literally, pull out a coin. There are two sides to it and and just give yourself credit as well and and recognize the healthy ways that you're showing up for yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. 100%. And yeah, I, I just, 
if there was something in this episode, you know, the just the descriptions of, of the four um, different types of trauma responses that you um, recognize or acknowledge, you know, look into it. Um, like, like Jay said, tap in on the socials and, and let's, let's all just talk through it. Let's all just try to try to figure this out, um, you know, and make it work. So we will touch base with y'all two weeks and, uh, you know, do the work. Bye. Bye.